welcome everyone. Maybe the way to, to begin is really, I, I know we've had, this has been a long day for all, just about everyone I'm sure, so let's put aside all of, all of the garbage that we bring with us to this call. Let's put that behind us. I know that many of us, we have a lot to do to finish our day after the call. Let's put those concerns aside as well. Let's just put ourselves in the quiet, in the moment, and in the present of the Holy Spirit for this one hour. Maybe I'll open up with a, a quick prayer. Oh, Spirit, beloved Father, Mother, Divine Creator, Oversoul of the Universe, Spirit of Spirits, Friend of Friends, teach us the mystery of our existence. Teach us to worship you in breathlessness and in deathlessness. In the fire of devotion, Burn away our ignorance. In the stillness of our soul, come, Spirit, come. Possess us and teach us to feel your immortal presence in and around us. Come, Spirit, come. I love that prayer. I love that demand for, for illumination from Yogananda. It's very well aligned with our founder's prayer, Ron Roth. Come, Holy Spirit, come. I would like to just do a short invocation. And as we are already in the presence, I just want to invite in the Holy Spirit, all of the angels and guides and ascended masters that work with each and every person on this phone call this evening, as well as for Robert and myself. I call in Padre Ron Roth, Master Jesus, Mother Mary, the Buddha, the entities of the Casa Dominacia, most specifically St. Rita, St. Ignatius, St. Francis Assisi, St. Padre Pio, and all of the beloved light beings from the Casa that work with us. Kuan Yin, Yogananda, and all of the saints and sages that are here with us this evening for the healing of each and every person on this call this evening. Amen. Amen. So, evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Rob and I are so delighted to be with you this evening. And I just wanted to give a very short introduction to the two of us. Rob and I are both monks in the Celebrating Life Ministries, St. Benedict's Monastic Community. Rob and I have been together for 33 years and married 29 of those years. We have four children. And both of us prior to meeting, when I was 22 and Rob was 24 in law school, we both had been on our spiritual journeys in somewhat different ways. We met our first year in law school, and I was dating someone, and Rob was on a leave of absence from being in the seminary. He was ready to be a Catholic priest. And we were friends for quite a while, but we did have a little spark between us, a connection, probably a past life connection. And it was really a very nice relationship, but we both decided that Robert needed to make some decisions about what he was doing and I was making some decisions about what I was doing regarding my relationship. And when Rob came to me and said, I decided not to go back into the seminary, but I want to serve God, but I want to serve God with you. And I answered him, yes, I'll do that. We never really had a first date per se, that's the way he asked me to go out with him. So as we've reflected over the years about how we kind of met and how we came together, it always seems to have been a spiritual union. So with that meeting, Rob and I have always practiced a spiritual life together, very Catholic when we first met up until we had our children. And then when we had our children and our oldest, who is now turning 21 this weekend, was six years old, 
and started mentioning seeing spirits, seeing my husband's father in the house, seeing angels, seeing people with robes. It opened us up to remembering because both of us had some spiritual gifts as children and bringing us onto our spiritual paths, which really opened us up to something much bigger. And that continued to unfold throughout our lives together and our marriage. So, Rob? Yeah, so Padre Paul did, did a nice job setting us a big, huge table today with the themes of prayer, grace, and stepping into the unknown. You know, as I reflected on that before the call, and I was thinking about the journey, my personal journey, the journey I've had spiritually with Rita, I pondered as to all of this stepping into the unknown. And I guess the reflection I came to is is the, the realization over time that as beings of the now and the present, being souls that strive to live in the moment, that how do we reconcile that with stepping into the unknown? And, and Pat's opening reading from Tom Merton was helpful there a little bit, right? I, what it tells us, it teaches us is that stepping into the unknown doesn't really require us to really worry so much about what's next because it comes on its own. It comes to us on its own. So it's really an attitude, the attitude that we bring to that realization. It's the attitude of prayer and grace that we put ourselves into every moment of our lives that allows us in the moment, in the now, to just accept what comes and to allow the what comes, whatever that might look like. Sometimes it's a joy. Sometimes it's a blessing. Sometimes it's a hurt or a loss. Sometimes it's unexplainable. But in all of those moments, we're invited and we're tugged closer to our relationship with our divine creator. And whether, how, whatever that is for us, you know, we don't have to call it anything in particular, a divine energy, a cosmic energy. Whatever that is that's stepping into the unknown, it always happens in the moment where we're open to allow it to be whatever it is without defining it, putting, into, putting it into a box, trying to, trying to accelerate it, trying to slow it down, trying to control it. It's releasing all of that and not being in control. So when I reflect on my life with Rita and the many, many, many experiences we've had as a couple, as parents, as husband and wife, the healings we've seen, the miracles we've experienced, through all of the losses, through all of the pain and the tears and the joy and the laughter, it's been that. It's been that surrender. And that surrender comes only when we're in a moment of grace and through that grace and a moment of prayer and a prayer that's not driven by worry and fear, a prayer that's driven solely by supplication and want. It's not that. It's a prayer of thankfulness. It's a prayer of visualizing and accepting and receiving the divine creation that we already are. And so I know that Rita is going to share some stories with us about some experiences that really all come out of that, that attitude, that presence, that surrender. Well, the first story that comes to mind is when we were married for a few years and we wanted to start a family. And we had a lot of difficulty conceiving and we got involved in do we go forward with infertility treatment and the infertility doctors were encouraging us to do in vitro fertilization and robert and i were very strict with the church and the church rules at that time and we had a lot of friends that were actually priests because robert maintained many of his relationships from the seminary and people that he knew so we had a lot of that around us, but we never wanted to put anyone on the spot and ask them what they thought we should do because of the personal relationship. But we, we really wanted to be aligned with God's will, and we also very, very much wanted a child. So I remember one day both of us praying about it to find out what God's will was. And I was a young attorney at the time, and so was Rob. And I had asked a small church in Flemington where I worked 
to have the Carmelite nuns that were cloistered there to pray for me to have a baby. And I really appreciated their beautiful prayers, but we were still on the journey to find our baby. So I said to Rob, I'm going to call over there, and I'm going to see if I can receive some guidance from someone that we don't know. So we put ourselves in prayer, and also I made a phone call, and I spoke to this woman, Jeannie, who took my prayers before, and she said, I asked if I could see a priest, and she said, oh, sure, hold on, let me just get Father Jim. And I kind of laughed, and I kind of was startled because I thought I was going to be making an appointment or something, and all of a sudden, I didn't know what I was getting. There was some of the priests there were a little bit younger, and some were quite elderly, so I didn't know who Father Jim was. And this priest comes on the phone, and he said, hello, and I introduced myself, and I told him that the nuns were praying for us to have a baby. And I told him about Rob and my dilemma about going forward with in vitro fertilization, and we were very concerned about the church and what we should do because of our heart's desire. And he just said, the fact that you would be calling me and asking for this guidance tells me that you are going to make wonderful parents. And I encourage you to do whatever you need to do to get your baby. And I remember just of course, being ecstatic. But again, that wasn't the church rules at that time. The awesome blessing, I know, for, for me in that experience was I, when I served as a religious brother, and my approach to, to ministry was always driven by the Christ compassion, the Christ mercy, the Christ love. and really never really, really slowed down the rules you know, in my ministry to the people I encountered. But in my personal life, you know, that rule was there, right? It was there and it was something to, to consider as Rita and I were preparing to have a family. But allowing ourselves to be led by the Holy Spirit, we didn't let the rule overshadow everything and become such a, a pressure on our lives and, and in our spiritual lives that it became the control. So as we opened ourselves up to whatever guidance we were going to get through this, this call that Rita made and the contact that we were being led to, we were brought to, to the answer that made us rejoice in our hearts. It was unexpected because we didn't know what we were going to receive. And coincidentally, the Father Jim, was that was the name of my spiritual director in the seminary. Yeah. So it came, came with that added level of, not, not coincidence, right? I think these are the encounters that we have with the divine when we pay attention, when we listen. And although pregnancy was still not easy, we did end up with our oldest child, twins, and then we were just not doing anything further because we had three beautiful children this way through the gift of science and God, but then all of a sudden came the force after they told us it could never happen. Bonus. Bonus baby. And, and again, just that gift. And, and I remember I was quite shocked when I found out I was pregnant for the fourth time with the fourth child and because they always told us it was impossible on our own. And Robert said, God is so abundant. We really only wanted one or two children, and now we have four. And Aiden, our youngest, was without any kind of scientific intervention. So real gift. I mean, they're all gifts. But it was just kind of funny because, again, God just showed up and gave us so much more than we were even asking for. Another story, I guess, that was quite significant that we decided to share with you tonight was, many of you may know, that I was terminally ill with an autoimmune disease called systemic scleroderma which started in 2009. And this healing journey was one that taught definitely me a lot, and I know Robert, and I think many people around us during that time. We had been on our spiritual journeys, obviously, for quite some time, opened up into quite a spiritual guidance and openness. We were doing different healings with people with different charismatic Catholics and, and different things that had opened us up to the Holy Spirit in a really beautiful way. But then I started getting ill. 
which was quite a shock. I had been very, very healthy. And I I don't want to get into all of the details because it's quite a story, but I wanted to bring in a very, very special saint because Padre really wanted me to talk about the saints tonight. And one of my special saints and my patron saint is Saint Rita of Cassia. And St. Rita was introduced to me. I had heard about her when I was very young, but in a very, very special way with one of my very old and special soulmates. Her name was Liz, who has now is on the other side. Liz sent me a bunch of information because St. Rita of Cassia was her favorite saint. And when I met Liz, Liz was 80 years old. I got to know St. Rita through Liz. And she was always kind of special, and I called on her, but I didn't, it, it wasn't anything more than that. Just would call her in to my prayers. But St. Rita became more and more and more important, especially while I was on this healing journey. So I went to doctors in October of 2009, and with autoimmune diseases, they're very often undiagnosed. So... I, I knew something was very seriously wrong because I was getting my own intuitive information on it, although there wasn't a medical diagnosis. And when I went to the rheumatologist, they took many, many vials of blood, and while taking them, they would throw out a lot of pretty horrendous autoimmune diseases to tell me that this is what they were checking for. And some of them were familiar, and weren't very good, but they said scleroderma, and I had never heard of scleroderma. But the moment he said it, I heard that's what they'll call it. And so I stopped the doctor and I said, what is that sclera? And he said, scleroderma? You don't want that one. I said, I don't want any of them. But I kind of knew at that point, although I left that doctor's office and For several visits after, it was undiagnosed, but they did feel there was something autoimmune going on. So I went on my my journey holistically, spiritually, and otherwise to try to avoid the full onset of this disease. I never spent a lot of time researching it or anything because I never wanted to bring it into my energy field. But needless to say, I was getting worse and worse and worse with this disease. And now I'm in April of 2011, so I've been dealing with it for a couple of years and not going back to doctors. But because I had gotten much worse, Robert really begged me to try to get some kind of help. But I already knew that scleroderma didn't have a cure and there was nothing doctors can do. So I wasn't really feeling that that was an open avenue. But I was guided to a person at NYU Medical Center, a doctor that was researching the disease and had a lot of information. So I called the office, and you don't really make an appointment with this guy. You would tell them what you had, and they would decide if they were going to see you or not. But because I had the disease that he was looking to research, they took me, and the only day they could see me was the day of my youngest son, Aiden's Holy Communion. So early that morning, we slept into the city and started the medical process and came back to share in my son's communion. But what had happened was that was in April. And in early May, our church in town was having a relics symposium type thing at our church. It was an adoration of the, of the relics. They received relics from, the, uh, from Rome. And, and as most of you know or maybe don't know, relics are either fragments of bones or clothing or something of, of, of a saint. And they're, they're displayed in the church and venerated. And many people have attributed healings and other miraculous events from, uh, you know, from, from being close to these relics, from the, the remains of, of very, very holy people. So we went there hoping for 
and praying for my healing. And the priest was very, very spiritual. And he said, when you go downstairs, you know, there's about 175 relics. And many of them he gave us permission to pick up and put to our heart or or touch another religious item and uh, to it. And however, we were going to connect with that particular saint. And my first inclination and the first thing I did was to find St. Rita. And I went to her and I prayed for my healing to her. But I was in a lot of fear at that time. And then what I started doing was thinking, which was the worst thing I could have done. But then I started thinking, well, how about if it's not St. Rita, who's my saint? And this is only in my mind because it's my name. And I started to literally panic and run to every single saint, 175, that were there. And I was really panicking. And my youngest son, Aiden, who was six at the time, saw me and he said, Mom, do you know who your saint is? And I said, Aiden, Mom's having a really hard time hearing right now. And he says, well, do what you always tell me. Stop listening with your head and listen with your heart. And he was right. And he said, well, she told me you weren't listening. So come over here. I wrote it down for you. And I went to where he was and he had a little business card that he must have gotten from the priest. And he wrote down, Aiden Saint, Saint Malachi, and underneath it, Mom Saint, Saint Rita. And he said, Mom, she told me that you weren't listening, and you need to go back to her for your healing. And I trusted him. All my kids came in very intuitive with many, many spiritual gifts. So I rushed back to Saint Rita, apologizing for not trusting myself. And I I spent the rest of my time there with her. And a couple weeks later, I get an email from a friend at church, and she sent me an email saying, today is the feast day of your patron saint, Saint Rita. You need to pray to her for your healing. And I was like, hmm. So I looked up some Catholic prayers online, and I started saying them at that time, every single day praying for my healing. So... Basically, I was looking to St. Rita, and of course, Jesus was with me every single step of the way. But then on Memorial Day weekend, a couple days later, we had dinner with a friend, with some friends, and we finally told them how sick I was, and we shared the situation. And my, my friend Val said, Rita, will you take me out for my birthday on Thursday? And I thought that was the wackiest thing (laughs) as I was telling her I was getting a biopsy on Wednesday. But I said, Val, if I'm feeling okay, yes, I will. And that was her response. So the next week I go for the biopsy. And although these doctors had promised us many things, once they took the biopsy, it was basically a very dismal prognosis. And they said that it was really more to help other people, that they really did not feel that they could help me. I was very advanced. My whole body was affected. So, and they did offer me chemo, but I already knew that would kill me, so we didn't go in that direction. But they said that they were going to look and see what they could do with their testing. So I go for that. The next day, many of my spiritual friends started calling me. And the first one who called me was my friend Denise, who was very, very intuitive. And she said to me, Rita, I don't see you dying. I see light coming out of your hands, and you're a healer. And this is what your journey is about. And she also said to me, you need to receive. You're not a good receiver, and you need to receive. And that's the abridged version. And then my friend Michelle called me, and she kept saying to me, I see you and Rob all in white at a high holy place. I don't know where you are. Maybe you should be looking at a retreat somewhere, maybe Deepak or something. Just go find a retreat spot. And I was like, Michelle, I have four kids and I don't have a lot of time. I can't be trumping off going for a retreat. But we got off the phone. And then my friend Val, who wanted me to take her out for her birthday, called me and said, will you meet me for my birthday? And I said, yes, I will. Let's do something very casual. I'm not much in the mood, but... I'll go. And she said, good, because I really need to see you. And we met at the restaurant. And the first thing that she said to me was something that was very, very synchronistic. 
And I just kind of smiled at it because I did feel that spirit was at this lunch with me. And we went in and we were talking and she said to me, Rita, I want to give you something. And I remembered what Denise had said that morning and I said, hold it down. Whatever you have, I'm going to take it. And she also knew Denise. So I said, Denise told me this morning that I need to receive. So whatever you have, I'm going to take. And I said, so make sure you really want to give it. And we laughed. And she said, of course I really want to give it. And she said, did you ever hear of John of God? And I said, yes, I did. I said, I don't know much about him. And she said, I know how you are with anyone coming into your energy field and touching you because I did have some very more or less negative experiences with some people. She said, but I found you guys and I signed you up for you and Rob to go, but you need to make sure it's right for you. And she said, I sent all the information to your computer and when you go home, you need to look at it and let me know. But this is my gift to you. And I was like, well, of course, I already said I was accepting it, and there was obviously a reason for that. So what ended up happening was we finished our lunch. I went home, and I looked at the information. And as people might know, our Celebrating Life family is in Brazil right now with the Padre, the bishops, and and many members of our community and friends. And they're there with Bob and Diana. And those were the guides that Val chose for me. And she sent me the information. And because I had had some negative experiences before with some people doing healing work, I saw Medium Joao. And I saw the picture. And the picture that was on the website at that time was him. And no disrespect to Medium Joao, but his picture didn't do anything in particular for me. (laughs) It wasn't like he's come to me before and I had a recognition. But on the right side of this picture was a picture of Jesus. And I have had visitation with Jesus. And it was the same exact way that he showed himself to me on my 47th birthday. So when I saw that picture, I immediately started crying. And underneath that picture was, it is not me who heals. It is God who heals. And I just knew that was exactly where I needed to be. But as I continued to read, everybody was supposed to be dressed in white. And I thought about what my friend Michelle had said, about she saw Rob and I in a high holy place, all dressed in white. And then as I continued to read about Medium Joao and his life, they tell the story about him as a young boy leaving home. They were very poor, and he was looking for work. And he falls asleep under a railroad trestle because he's exhausted and he's hungry. And a beautiful woman comes to him and she tells him where to go, a particular church, and that they will feed him and allow him to get showered and cleaned and he will start his healing mission. And he does go on to do that. But that beautiful woman is St. Rita of Cassia. And it's one of John of God's oldest and most special saints and guides in his life. So there were so many synchronicities and so much guidance. So of course in that moment we decided to go. And my prayer that I had made with all of this happening in a very short amount of time with this biopsy, that evening of the biopsy before this day of beautiful synchronicities and such light, my prayer to Jesus was this. Bring me to those who are going to heal me, whether they're medical, spiritual, whoever, and keep me away from those who are not. And then the next day, all of these beautiful spiritual synchronicities had opened up for us. And I remember part of your prayer, too, was, you know, was, Make it clear. <laughs> Make it really clear. I Make like really spirituality clear. for dummies. So, <laughs> you know, not, not every, you know, what, what's beautiful about this story and the encounter we had with the spirit in this case and being led is that she was open to listening. And so often, right, we ask for things, we ask for prayers, we ask for guidance, and all of these 
divine interventions come our way, these divine messages come our way, and, and we just ignore them because we're so steeped in our own fears, our own worries, that we don't, we're not open to receiving. In this particular case, Rita got her answer in a big way. She said, make it clear. Boy, I tell you, it, it couldn't have been any clearer. But as clear as it was, she could easily have said, no, Val, I, I'm too much in my own mess right now to have lunch with you, and the gift never would have presented itself. And those other things that were communicated to her wouldn't have unfolded the way they did. It was only because Rita was prepared to be open and listen, you know, because she was, she was open to the spirit that these things manifested themselves. And, and the gift that I received not only of healing from systemic scleroderma, and I was crippled. I mean, I, Rob had to accompany me to the CASA the first time because I could barely walk. My arms were bent. My fingers and hands were completely bent. My, everything was painful. I couldn't blink my eyes without pain. But one of the most beautiful gifts also is God didn't just bring me there to heal. I was put into the group with celebrating life. And in fact, when she scheduled this journey for me, she had scheduled me for June. And I said, Val, I keep getting August. And she was mad at me because she was afraid that I wouldn't be even here in August. But I kept hearing August. And I called Bob Dinga, and I asked him if it would be a problem for me to move it to August. And he said, Rita, I think you're supposed to be with this high vibrational group called Celebrating Life Ministries. And I said, I was thinking to myself, I really am not going to be around long enough to be worried about making new friends. But I have to tell you, when we got there, I think the first person I saw was Bobby. Bishop Bobby, and I think I ran right up to him and kissed him for some reason. I have no idea, but I remember doing that. His beautiful presence and his face, I don't know, we're inviting. But the first person I made a really huge connection to was the Padre. And the Padre was going in for a spiritual intervention with me on the first Casa Day, that Wednesday. And I was nervous. I'd never been to anything like this. And the Padre loved me, supported me, held my hand, and really allowed me to feel comfortable in this very new situation for a traditional Catholic girl and to trust what was unfolding. And I always thought to myself, how abundant God is because he didn't just bring me to the casa for my healing. He brought me to my spiritual family and for an opening for me to eventually walk into doing my spiritual work. All of this transpired over days. It was a journey of months and years. And, and it came with tears and it came with worry and it came with, with hope. I go back to Rita's original prayer for this particular healing testimony. Today, the, the theme of our of healing service is, is prayer, it's grace, and stepping into the unknown. And I guess what I'd like to point out is that the prayer wasn't a prayer of fear, right? Rita didn't pray, oh, I have to heal, I have to heal. You know, I have young babies, and I, it wasn't, it was, she didn't even ask for the healing. She asked to be guided to those she was meant to be with and to stay away from those she wasn't supposed to be with. And she wasn't supposed to be with the traditional medical profession. That wasn't easy. I had to deal with an entire family that was saying, you know, that was telling me I was crazy for letting my wife go the spiritual route when she needed to be in a hospital and under the care of doctors. It came with a lot of criticism. It came with a lot of anger. But we had the grace. I don't know where it came from, but we had the grace to be open to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And we stepped into that unknown because the healing wasn't a foregone conclusion, but it came. And it wasn't easy. I went to the CASA and I also went to Omega and actually my body got worse. And that winter, I, I found a place of surrender like I had never found before. And with the grace that was given to me at the CASA and the peace of the Holy Spirit, I was able to accept 
my death and align my will with God's will. And my only condition was to take care of my children because I had very young children at the time. And that place of grace and really being willing to leave without a struggle was a place that I had never known that level of surrender before. And after I had fully surrendered, it was really funny because two weeks later I had heard, you will heal in the spring. And then by April, my body started shifting and I started healing. And it was funny because during that winter we were watching a movie with the children and they had seen Soul Surfer, which takes place in Hawaii, and we had never been to Hawaii. And the kids said, oh, can we go to Hawaii? It's so beautiful in Hawaii. And for some reason, although I'm dying at that point, literally, I said, that's going to be my healing trip. When mommy heals, we're going to Hawaii. And it's funny because when my body started shifting in April, I would never think of planning something like that because my healing was very slow. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't one of those people who just all of a sudden... It wasn't spontaneous. It wasn't a spontaneous one. It was very gradual. And it was interesting because I just opened to it and I was very happy and I knew it was happening and Robert probably being the only one who could see some of these very subtle changes happening in my body because I thought I was kind of crazy. But then my nephew had called me at the end of April and he said, Aunt Rita, my mom's birthday and we are thinking of going to Italy and we would love your family to join us in Italy to celebrate her 60th birthday. And I'm very close with this particular family, my sister and my nephews, my brother-in-law. And I said, yes, Stephen, I'm going to be fine by August to do that trip. So I very excitedly got off the phone and I called Rob and Rob said, Rita, are you going to be able to do that? And I said, oh, yeah, I'll I'll be fine by August. And then my nephew calls me about three days later and he says, Aunt Rita, I have some bad news and some good news. And I said, oh, okay. And he said, my father really does not want to leave the country and go to Italy. So they've decided that we're going to go to Hawaii. Would you be willing to go to Hawaii? (gasps) I couldn't wait to get off the phone and call Robert and say that the divine had brought me my healing, my healing trip, and by that time that I was going to be healed. And the truth was, it was the first time that Rob and I could walk on the beach and we could hold hands where my arms were straight and I could hike and I could jump into the ocean and the olivine pools. Yeah, do amazing things that you hadn't been able to do in a long time. For yeah. a very long time. You know, and, and I always like to, to pause here in myself, and I think, you know, these are extraordinary miracles. And some have some experience spontaneous healings. Others, like Rita, over time, they're extraordinary nonetheless. And, and sometimes, you know, I, I know as a person who I've been a witness to those experiences, never, you know, the direct recipient of those experiences. But I, I often remind myself that, there's as, there's as much joy and as much awe in the simple day-to-day miracles. I won't call them mundane because there's nothing mundane about them. They're just as beautiful and exciting if we receive them and, and, and love them for what they are. And sometimes Rita and I will go to the mall or somewhere you know, that's busy and you know, there's no parking and we'll invoke the parking angels to come and find a place for us and we visualize that place opening for us. And more often than not, be so bold as to say every time, but more often than not, it opens up. I'll say every time. Yeah, yeah, I think it is every time. <laughs> but but, but that's, that's the beauty of, of that prayer, right? The prayer that manifests and visualizes that realization, right? The opening of something as, as, as mundane and simple as a parking space or as beautiful and, and awesome as a healing or finding a job or, you know, whatever it is where we feel that we're lacking. Because the truth is we're never lacking. We're in lack because of our perception. We can fill it with the, the excitement of our being and our trust and stepping into that unknown and knowing that the Holy Spirit, cosmic energy, that divine energy is there to really make us whole. 
One of the, the biggest gifts that I have received through my journey is I believe in miracles. I know that miracles exist, and I can hold that space for others that are going through difficulties because I believe them with my entire heart. And one of the things that I learned was that you really have to separate yourself and find that space, that space of the presence, the consciousness, where the grace is between what's affecting you physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually. And for me, it was the scleroderma and what you want. Because if you're constantly dwelling on what's wrong, you won't find the opportunity to heal for what's right. And I did much meditation. And in that meditation, at the beginning, it was hard. I could not find a space of peace. But I worked on it, and I worked on it, and eventually I was able to find that space. And then that space started showing up in my life outside of meditation. And it's in that space where God is, that field of unlimited possibilities and miracles, that this can happen. So that's where I know I was able to go to separate myself from scleroderma. And tonight, Rob and I want to invite you, all of you, into that same place. So we'd like to take you through a short visualization and bring you into that space where you set your intentions for your healing and what you desire. And we're also going to pray for everyone on the call. And please know, we do have a list of people who have emailed me things that they would like to have prayed for. We're not going to use names. We're going to be general because I'm sure many of you either have these conditions or know someone with these conditions. And please know, even if you we're not listing your particular ailment or challenge, God hears your heart. Trust that the light, the beings of light and healing that are surrounding us know exactly what you need. Trust that. Trust this field of infinite possibilities. Yeah, and call on your guardian angels right now, and your angels to be present with you as we invoke all of the spirits, the divine master, the cosmic beings, the Holy Spirit, to fill us, fill us full of healing, whatever that is for us, whatever our needs are. So I'm just going to ask you to be comfortable. Close your eyes and connect with your breath. Just observe it. Don't manipulate it. Just observe it. And I'm going to ask you to visualize the bottom portion of your body as a tree with roots coming out of the bottom of your feet, going down deep, deep into the earth, into the Pachamama. And what you're looking for is the heart of the mother. And I always visualize the heart of the mother as a beautiful pink quartz crystal, sparkling with pink light. And as you're Roots get closer and closer to that. You may feel the warmth of the mother's heart. And then wrap your roots around that crystal three times. One, two, three. And feel that beautiful, loving, healing energy coming up through the roots all the way up to the bottom of your feet in through your legs, up through your hips, opening and spinning all of your chakras and feeling that beautiful energy from the Pachamama. And now I would like you to just visualize a golden light inside of your heart chakra. And see that light growing larger and larger 
until it encapsulates your entire chest cavity. Now see it grow, encompassing your head, your shoulders, your arms, your feet, to this beautiful oval bubble surrounds you. This bubble is your sacred space for healing this evening. And we're asking you to expand that bubble at least 10 feet around you. And please don't forget the back of you because the back of those chakras and the back of you is a place of receiving. And very often we're really good givers and we're really poor receivers. And now that you have this beautiful sacred space, see a beautiful golden energy fall, falling from the heavens, down through the crown chakra, moving through your head. Every single cell it touches turns into golden light. So visualize it moving down your body, your head, your shoulders, your torso, down through your feet. Every single cell in your body is lit up with golden healing energy. So just feel that for one moment. Now I want you to feel the limited self-expansion into the cosmic self. As you dissolve into light without any boundaries or limitations into the limitless field of consciousness. This is the unlimited field of endless possibilities. It's where miracles exist. Now make an intention for the fulfillment of any desire or intent that you may have in your heart. Visualize and feel it as if it has already happened right now. Feel the total sense of fulfillment and joy that comes with your prayers being answered. And so it is. And now I would just like to take a moment as everyone sits in this sacred space and I want to pray for everyone on this call this evening and all of those beautiful, special intentions that are in your heart. And I also want to pray for all of those with dementia, those with bone and joint degenerative diseases, for family relationships between husbands and wives and children, partners, all families experiencing loss and grieving. Those who have lost people to suicide, especially our children. Those receiving treatments for all heart conditions and ailments. For financial abundance. For healing for the immune system and inflammation. Those struggling from addiction. Those struggling with self-identity issues. Clear guidance for those looking for new employment opportunities and missions this lifetime. Healing of difficult work conditions. For children specifically undergoing health challenges. Liberation from those experiencing blocks to their alignment autoimmune diseases, clarity and guidance in business decisions, prayers for all young adults graduating high school and going into college or the workforce, for soulmates 
and loving, supportive relationships. Acceptance of life circumstances. For those with breast cancer and all other forms of cancer. For those struggling with mental illness, including depression. For those suffering from abuse and neglect. For those who do not feel God's presence and feel separated and alone. For ancestral healing in our families. Children with cancer and healing of those who have difficulty loving and honoring themselves and the sacredness of who they are. And Rob and I want to leave you with a prayer, but we also want each of you to remember you are whole. You have been created perfect. And we ask for all of the veils all of the blocks, anything that separates you from your beauty and your perfection and your divine essence, we ask in this holy instant that it be dissolved. Amen. 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 Thank you, Rita. And so in closing, we'll read a quick, very quick poem of gratitude by Rumi. And we want to thank all of you for just being on the call. And we just ask for you, no matter if you're going to bed, to bring all this beautiful healing energy to, to sleep with you, to your families, and for those of you who still have an evening ahead, we just bless the rest of your evening. This being human is a guest house. Every morning a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house, empty of its furniture. Still treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. Peace and love and namaste. And remember, St. Rita says, all things are possible with God. Good night, everyone. Good night.